The service of communion, we often say the summary of the law, because it is, in fact, the primary purpose for our Christian faith. Our presiding bishop has said over and over again that we are people of love, and that it is Jesus who sends love through us to others. I find it interesting, a friend of mine I've known for over 20 years in college work. He was a dean at Citrus College in South California while I was both the, the director of student affairs and associate dean at City College, first Marin College. We've known each other and we've talked about various things. And the one subject that often we ran into inadvertently was that of religion. And he was very honest with me and said, this is one area that I feel uncomfortable about. My experience, my history in terms of religious views is not well formed. We had talked many times about a variety of things about student leadership and student learning and so forth and came to some great understandings. And one of the things that I enjoyed most was he and I both had a bizarre sense of humor for our positions. And we used to sponsor a leadership workshop on humor for our students. Because one of the things that I found over and over again in my practice and work with students was that they were so concerned about being serious and dedicated in their roles as student leaders that they forgot about how to laugh at themselves and situations in front of them. Arnold had this great gift. He probably had more copies of cartoons in his wherewithal and produced them for our workshops. They were hilarious and often I got so distracted by his cartoons that I was forgetting exactly what I was going to focus on for that day. More recently, he went through some very difficult circumstances. Some very close friends of his died. He reached out to me and I knew immediately when he wrote, Father Fauch, that he was talking about something religious. And it was a jest, but it was also an opening door. And he shared with me the anguish that he went through in the loss of a very close friend. We talked for quite a while. Then he started asking me about spirituality. And the odd part was I felt ill-equipped in one sense, even though I'm a, quote, priest of the church, to inform this person with a long-standing relationship about religious spirituality. I recommended some reading material. Likewise, he occasionally would catch me in some conversation and say, well, you might need to read this book, The Second Mountain by David Brooks. It was interesting to me because all of the things that have happened recently in our near history in terms of political views and the issues at hand and the anger and hostility that was going out, that I found myself at home reading David Brooks 
because he was a conservative. And even though I have a title that seemed to be liberal, I'm too very conservative. But he recently recommended a book for me to read. Ronald Sider, an evangelical Christian, was an editor of over 30 evangelical sections in the book. And I must say, in all honesty, and I called him finally and was honest with him and said, you know, you've asked me to read something that I would have avoided had I seen it in a library or a bookstore because it had the word evangelical. And all of a sudden, as it came out of my mouth, I realized I have a very horrible prejudice bias when the word evangelical is brought forward. And I had to scan why was this such an issue for me? Why did this bother me so intensely? I remember going to a Riverside meeting with a girl that I was dating. And I remember when we were all to put our heads down and raise our hand if we believed in Jesus. Well, being a good Episcopalian and an acolyte to boot, I just had to peer over my hands a little bit to see who was raising their hands. And I loved it because he said, oh, look at these people raising their hands. And I couldn't see anyone in front of me raising their hand. Then I glanced behind me and off to the side, and sure enough, I didn't see any other hands. But he kept praising the fact that people were coming to the Lord by raising their hands. It may have been that kind of experience that sort of pushed me into my own funk about evangelical religion. And from that experience, I over-exaggerated what evangelical meant. So as I was reading the text in the edited book by Ronald Sider, I found that, in fact, a lot of what I was reading was very parallel to my thought regarding the following of Christ and the walk with Jesus, both in my spiritual life, also in my clown character, Wally. I found that there was a little kinship where I thought there would be none. There was an open door to looking at different styles of faith. And I suddenly realized through my own prejudice, through my own bias, I had not allowed myself to open that door and to really plumb the very depth of what it is for me to walk with Christ. Oh, I could talk a good talk and I told great stories, but I'm not sure that I really felt comfortable because somehow it was more the evangelical point of view. Then having read a variety of evangelical writers, I suddenly realized that there was a great kinship. In a day and age when we're caught up with so much craziness, so much hatred, so much spitefulness, so much separation, I realized that I have to confess my bias and understand that, in fact, I need to turn around. 
turn around my sinfulness for believing that a part of God's faith could not be part of mine. It's very difficult, and I felt challenged. And I called Arnold. He answered the phone and said, it must be Father Fodge. And I said, yes, it is. And I'm very upset. He said, at me? I said, no, at myself. Because it's my bias and prejudice that got pushed when you told me to read this book. Since I am having suffering from macular degeneration, I need to say that I'm not reading the book, I'm having it read to me. And the interesting part is, as it's read to me, I am able to discuss with Sue the point of the message that Ron, the editors and the writers are talking about. And it's been a wonderful exploration of that side of my faith which I had blocked off, cut out. In this day and age, we can't afford to cut out anything in our lives. And even those who make us angry, we need to hear, in fact, the validity or the truth that they might have so that rather than jumping, jumping to a decision of dislike or separation, that we begin to appreciate the depth and the fears of others. We are called to be followers of Jesus. We are called to listen to God's life and word in our lives. Anything that we find a way of avoiding, separating ourselves, or creating anger as though somehow we're more righteous than the other is extremely problematic and hinders us from the path of Christ. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind is the first, greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. We need to commit ourselves to this kind of love, to open our hearts and minds, to dispel and disquiet the contempt and anger that people feel for one another. And we need to even stand if we're going to be between two yell yelling people and arguing people to show them that we care about them enough to be there and to be processing their frustration. In the time of COVID-19 and having to be almost jailed, as it were, I've suddenly realized that it is an opportunity for me to be able to open my heart and mind to God's love and Christ's call for me even though it comes at a great change in myself, one turning around, so that in fact I can begin to embody the kind of love that God extends to us through his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs>